Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, ML Rustrock. I'm here with special guest, Troy Erickson, their email paramedic. Welcome. Hey, thank you. I really appreciate you having me on here. I'm excited to talk about something that might be a little different than most guests, but it still involves storytelling, which is a favorite of mine. Well, you know, I I just transitioned from just doing authors into entrepreneurs and getting really into the business side of everything with the new launch of Trant Magazine's Trantpreneur. So everything's fitting together, regardless if you're an author or entrepreneur, because it's all the same. Yeah, that's perfect. I, um, I saw that and I was very excited to reach out. So thank you for having me. And again, thank you for being on the show. So what exactly is an email paramedic? Sure. So email paramedic is actually a term that I sort of made up myself. So basically what I did is I started out just as an email copywriter, like telling stories. And then I quickly realized that, you know, there's actually quite a few copywriters out there, although it is, you know, kind of a newer term to a lot of people in business, the the realm of copywriting itself, like there's a lot of people in it. So I figured, okay, I'm going to specialize in two ways. Instead of just writing any type of copy, not only am I going to focus on email copy, but I'm also going to focus on like managing email lists and deliverability and things like that to make sure that the stories and emails that I write are actually seen by as many people as possible and that the businesses that I write for are maximizing the amount of revenue that they're getting from their email list as opposed to just writing the emails and kind of hoping that the business could figure out the rest on their own. So it's more of like a, a full service thing where I revive dead email lists, hence email paramedic. There's a lot of information that now in one statement. <laughs> so let's try to break it down a little bit. First, you do the stories for the businesses. For an example, what type of businesses do you write for? Sure. Um, so for example, let's use Ecom. Um, so I've worked with a few uh, people who have Shopify stores. Some of them are rather large, like supplements. Some of them are a little smaller, a little more niche, like helping diabetics, for example. Um, so what I do is I take over their email list. So I write their emails for them. Uh, I strategize with them so they can maximize the amount of revenue that they get from their email list. And then I focus on deliverability as well to make sure people can see all the emails that I write for them. Wow. Okay. So that's a lot that you do within just one email. As a business owner, I really don't think about it because you send out hundreds of emails every day thanks to things like a chimp, whatever. And, you yeah, know, <laughs> yeah, you know, the little funny thing that was on there. And, you know, you sent out hundreds of emails in hopes to get in one or two back. Well, that's before I had people do it for me. But, <laughs> you know, now you go to you read in the email, you have to make sure they're actually opening it because if they're not opening it and they're just clicking it, deleting it before they even read it, what's the point, right? Correct. So there's a big jungle right there. Yeah, there definitely is. So you're right. It kind of is like a chain of events. So it's like, Obviously, you need somebody to write the emails or the message that makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that is sent, obviously, you want to make sure people like they see it and they open it and they read it and then they take whatever action you want them to take. So maybe there's a link in the email for them to go to the site and buy something. Maybe you're asking for a reply. A lot of B2B businesses, they do that mm -hmm. um, to generate leads. 
uh, or there's, you know, a lot of other actions you could take as well. So, and a lot of it is mixing it up too, and just like getting creative. So you're not sending the same things all the time. So everything from actually writing the stories in the emails all the way through, just like, you know, the psychological part of marketing, or you're just trying to like think with someone and think like, okay, what would make somebody open this? What would make them respond well? What would make them buy? What would make them reply to me and, you know, jump on a phone call? Um, all of those types of things. So there's a lot that goes into managing email lists for sure, but it all starts, you know, with the first step um, and then just kind of going up the ladder from there. Right. I mean, we have transitioned into putting booking links right into the email. So now if you want to book a call, right, there's the scheduling app. What works for you? Now, sure. you, you know, that's a great tool to have in your emails. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of it too, is just like thinking with the reader, right? So for example, if I'm just wanting to like get people to book a call, yeah, I can absolutely put a link at the bottom. And that takes away a lot of the friction that it would take for somebody to reply and then you reply back and then sometimes things get lost in between. However, you can also like if the person needs to like know a certain amount of information for them to be qualified before booking, then you could link them to some kind of page that explains like, hey, here's what's going to happen on the call or just, you know, so they have some kind of insight on what's going to happen. That is an amazing way to do it too. Or sometimes I go old school and I just ask them to reply with like a question they have. And then there's a dialogue back and forth. And if it's a good fit, we move forward from there. There's several ways to do it. It depends on one, one, you have to look at your own business. What works for your business? I mean, you can't tailor one thing for every business out there. It's not possible. You have to tailor your marketing plan for your business. Totally. Yeah. So for me, one of the things that works is I actually run ads on Facebook um, and I show people like they click on the ad then they go to a video that kind of explains what I do. And it's like, hey, I don't just write emails. I also fix deliverability problems. So my emails and my writing get a higher open rate and therefore they, you know, more eyes on them means more money. So then after people watch the video, I pretty much send them emails either directly to my booking link or to the video if uh, the stats on my website show that they haven't watched enough of it. So I use a couple of different options um, and then I experiment with a lot of other things to see what works. So one thing for me that's worked really well that I just tried yesterday as I sent out an email, email, I'm like, hey, what's your website? I'm going to like break down your emails for you. So people reply with their website. Um, and I go in, I analyze it for them. I send them back a quick report on how they're doing. Because obviously when I'm on their site, I can opt in for their list. Um, and a lot of people are like, wow, thank you. That was really good. And then I send them the link to book a call. So there's lots of creative options. Um, but yeah, those are some of the ones that I've been using lately. That is an excellent option. I mean, if you go to either of my websites, you have a little chat box that says, hey, chat with me, send me an email, send me, you know, everything's there. So now you're expecting an email from me back. But exactly. Yeah, it's really, uh, it makes a big difference when people know what to expect. Like mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest things in email copy that a lot of people forget about. They just, you know, they're so deep into their own business that they say things and they assume that other people are going to like understand and have the same expectations. But it's actually super important to be clear and make sure that the person really understands what's going to happen next. So anytime that they know exactly what to expect from you is, is really good. Yeah, I had this issue today. I was talking to one of my authors because I'm a, I'm a publisher. And I go, 
there's not a problem with the file, it's probably with the EDI solution that they're using to translate the emails or the file. I sent it and then I was like, wait, he probably doesn't know what an EDI is. <laughs> right, yeah, that's a perfect example. So um, sometimes I like to like proofread with mm -hmm. the hat on as if I am that person and yeah. think like, okay, hmm, what is something they may not understand in this? Or another thing that's worked really well is one time um, back when I was writing like sales pages as well, I wrote one for my friend, Jason, and it wasn't like doing super well at the beginning as far as conversions from the ad traffic he was running. So what we did is we talked to our friend, Steven, who really doesn't know anything about like advertising or copywriting or any of that. And we had him read through it and he was like, what does that mean? Or like, what does this mean? Or I don't understand this. And we went down the whole page um, and then we made the changes to make sure that someone who's like very basic and, you know, very new could understand. And it did much better after that. So that is um, another quick trick. That is a wonderful trick. I've done this with business, uh, business plan writing. I have a friend that's in a completely different sector than I am. He's in construction and gas and oil where I'm in books and media. Does this make sense to you? In layman's terms, does this make sense? No. So you have to go through it. It's the same principle when you're sending an email. Yeah, exactly. That's a, a perfect example. So it's like, um, I always try, and a lot of people tell me this too, like, for example, the Hemingway app, um, when you're writing emails, there's a lot of people who are like, hey, make sure you go and you put your emails into this app and it will kind of like break down the sentences and make sure that they're super clear and concise and that you're writing at, you know, a very simple level uh, where everybody can understand what you're talking about. So there's lots of ways to do it. But yeah, simplicity is one of the keys because there's a lot of people today who think that, oh, if you want to have a successful business or you want to be good at writing, you have to like, you do this, 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 and this. And I like to simplify it and just make sure that people can understand. Right. Not every person that they, you talk to in business knows a $10 million word. You know, they're going to want the very simplistic ands, nows, you know, the, the simple words. If you give them a big word that is 10 miles long, they're going to look at you and go, what is this? <laughs> it's the same thing when you write anything. Yeah, totally. And that's another thing that I do with emails as well. So like, I actually use a lot of ellipses and like continue thoughts and like, uh, technically use like a lot of paragraphs for lack of a better term. So like, sometimes I'll have a line that's just one sentence or two sentences, because it's just much easier to read that way too. Um, and some people they have these like huge paragraphs in their emails. And it's like, you only have somebody's attention for a limited amount of time. So I want to make sure I can keep uh, keep them reading and keep going. Starting with the first line, I want it to be in the middle of the action, uh, just like any good story. And then just, I want each line to make them want to read the next line. And it's a little bit different than books because obviously with books, a lot of times people, you know, they purchase it um, or they, they really want to read this. Whereas with emails, a lot of times they're like, oh, let me check this really quick. And they don't have a lot of like time or mental energy or money invested. So their, uh, their attention span is a little shorter. So it's really important to keep them engaged with the layout as well. Right, you wanna keep your emails to, I think one to two minute reads. If you can't read an email in one to two minutes, you're gonna lose your audience. 
Yeah, they, they, it definitely varies for sure. Um, in general, I agree with that. You don't want them to be way too long. Mm-hmm. I would rather like link them somewhere else if they're actually going to make the time investment to like read about what I'm offering. Um, but yeah, on occasion, I'll send out like a really long one if I'm just like in that mood. And I understand that there's definitely a trade-off. It's like, sure, if it's shorter, more people will read it. Um, but when it's longer, a lot of times those people are more like emotionally invested into what I'm writing. So mm-hmm. there's, again, lots of ways to do it. But yeah, I like to generally keep them pretty short. So we have the whole email thing down. Where can our businesses find you so you can help them help themselves get more readers or people sure. generating to their websites? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a few different options. The main one, if you're interested in just kind of hearing like what email deliverability is and like list management and all that would be emailparamedic.com. Or if you have like a more direct question, uh, I am pretty active on like Facebook personal profiles, Troy Erickson, you'll see I'm part of a lot of communities about copyright. And then lastly, my personal email is Troy at leadparamedic.com. So there's all kinds of different ways. Those are probably the best three, depending on what you need help with. Now, with your email list, do you take the email list like from, say, LinkedIn and get your email leads from LinkedIn to go into? Or are these email lists that are already generated for you? Sure. Yeah. So I don't do a lot of like scraping from different like social networks or anything, but I do source leads from there. So for example, if I'm running a Facebook ad and you know, it's paid or whether I'm doing like an organic LinkedIn post or I'm making like a YouTube video, generally right now, my call to action is to go to that same site, emailparamedic.com and check out the video. So yeah, I'm definitely getting, you know, all kinds of people from different aspects of the internet different networks and kind of presenting the same opportunity because it's the main focus that I have right now. And it's the main thing that I can do for people, right? Because it's like, you could have an incredible story, but if nobody sees it, it's not as impactful. And I want to help people have as much impact as possible with their business and their writing. We just did a article it's coming out next month in our entrepreneur magazine, where you have uh, social media influencers. You just said the same thing I just said for social media influencers. If no one's seeing it, how can you be helpful to get your product out there? You have to get people seeing your product one way or another. Yeah, 100%. That's why I feel like it's my duty to help people with this because it's like a lot of people don't know about all these like problems. Like there's a lot of people who send emails and they have no idea if their emails are going to the spam folder, their promotions tab, or their subject lines aren't good and people aren't opening. In the same way, like you said, on social media, like reach is constantly declining. And there are a lot of strategies that you have to put into place um, to make sure people start seeing your posts again. And um, there's other strategies too, like with some newer uh, platforms like TikTok. I've seen those get like crazy reach. I don't know too much about it. Um, I don't know TikTok. Sorry. I've tried it. I looked at it. I was like, what is this? My daughter can probably tell me a lot more than I can. (laughs) Yeah, totally. But yeah, I can't do the whole social media platforms because there's some of them. I just don't understand TikTok's one of them. But at the same time, you have to tailor your marketing. And if no one is seeing what you're doing, because it's not being seen because it's wrong subject line in your email, or it's going to a spam folder and it shouldn't, or it's a 
engagement problem on a social media, then no one's seeing your product. You have to be seen to get sell. See, yeah, sales. I can't talk today. <laughs> yeah, that's totally the first step, right? It's like a lot of people are good at writing, but they click send and or you know they click post. Um, and then it just doesn't get seen. So yeah, that is definitely the first step. Um, and thankfully, it's like if you follow the same principles and you know you know exactly what to do, um, which is what I teach, and is obviously you know something that you sound like you have some experience in as well. As far as just having people like see posts that you put out, like that's the first step. And just having the same principles that you can follow um, is the key because a lot of people are confused about things and. It's like, I understand it's like, especially with email deliverability, it can get messy, but when you have like a, like a protocol that you can like revert to and say, okay, if I have problems, here's the first step, here's the second step. It makes everything so much easier. Right. It's okay. For instance, you can use Troy here and he'll probably tell you the best time of the day to send an email for your niche. Yeah. So as far as that's concerned, it really does depend on the niche. So there's been times where I've like accidentally sent out an email at 3 a.m. instead of 3 p.m. Mm -hmm. And the open rate wasn't actually too much lower. So I'm never like too big on it. I focus more on the writing. However, to answer the question, um, like if I'm writing to a list of people who are like, for example, like BizOp and they're like looking to start a business, I want to try to send it at a time when they're on like lunch break or they're, it's like 3 p.m. and they're on their phone at work or like 5 p.m. when they get home. Um, or if it's more of just like a regular audience for like e-com and I'm selling like some kind of product and it's probably just a regular audience, not entrepreneurs. So I'm going to send it um, either in the morning when they wake up or after they get home from work. So I'm just thinking about like, okay, when is your audience most likely to be on their phone? And then I try to send at that time. So it's a little different for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but if you can't nail it perfectly, don't worry too much. Because again, I've sent emails on accident when people were definitely sleeping and they did okay. But it's fine because it's email. Because even if you send it at 3 a.m., they're going to have it when they wake up at 9 a.m. Exactly. Yeah. It's just optimization as far as the times are concerned. Yeah. It's not this, you're calling someone at 3 a.m. and you should have called them at 3 p.m. <laughs> it's completely different within that aspect. But at the same time, me as a business owner, if I have 20 emails at 8 a.m. when I'm checking my email, I can tell you right now, 90% of them was going to go in the trash. I'm not even going to. Yeah. Another quick trick, too, is like if a whole bunch of people are sending at 8 a.m., I'll send at 8.01 Mm -hmm. So then I show up at the top of the inbox. Now, granted, sometimes emails take a, a few minutes to send out. So you kind of have to like look and see, okay, I click send at this time. And it usually takes, you know, five minutes or six minutes or however long to actually hit the inbox and then send accordingly. But that is a, a quick way to try and like jump ahead of all the other people sending at the same time. Right. It, it just varies. I mean, I have my emails that I know, okay, I need to open A, B, and C email before I do anything like New York Times business um, blog. I'll open that before I open anything else in the morning. That's yeah, like, exactly. It's know. like just having like good content and stories that you send to people is really key because um, a lot of times people go through their inbox and they see who it's from and they're like, this is a person that I read no matter what. Mm -hmm. So if you can get to that level where your writing is that good, um, and your content is just amazing, people will be like, okay, I'm going to read it no matter what. Yeah, it, that's very first thing. Anything from Forbes, I'm going to read first thing. You know, where I can get a newsletter from an author I talked to one time, 
I may or may not read it. Now I'm in publishing. I love my authors, but I may or may not have time to read your newsletter. Yeah, totally. There's a, it's like, it's all like branding in a way. So it's like the more that you do for somebody, the more you can like deliver value up front. It really goes a long way if people remember that and just being able to, um, kind of like also just kind of do something that's a pattern interrupt. So maybe in like your first email to somebody, tell like a crazy story, tell something mm-hmm. that happened to you. Um, maybe there was like a really pivotal moment uh, that's relatable as well um, in your life compared to theirs. And a lot of people, you know, they read stories and they relate and they kind of feel that connection and that can keep people reading for a long time as well. Exactly. It depends on the connection you have with the person that you're sending the email to. If it's a customer that you're sending ads to because they will only buy your product if you're giving them a discount versus are they a customer that will buy from you no matter what? Yeah, exactly. That's how you know that you're good at writing stories when you can send an email that has no discount in it um, and still get a lot of buyers or get people to take whichever action you want them to take. Discounts, Obviously, they're always going to do the best, but you can't send them all the time. Otherwise, you know, people will get used to discounts and they'll just kind of like stay in the shadows until there is one. Um, So I don't like to do a lot of discounts for myself or for my clients. But yeah, the power of a good story is is almost as good as a discount code. (laughs) It depends. You know, your e-commerce is just depends, especially if you're new e-commerce. e-commerce you want to do a grand opening discount i mean get your brand out there yeah it totally depends on the niche as well you're right so for like e-com people just kind of expect discounts more because it's like online shopping Mm -hmm. Uh, but in other niches where it's more personal people don't you know look for them as much but yeah if you were doing like a grand opening a lot of people would be like okay yeah i kind of um would expect that or you know just kind of uh Hitting people with things that they're used to um, based on the niche. It, everything with marketing depends on your niche. Everything. It doesn't matter what your niche is. Your marketing plan has to be tailored to your niche. It has to be tailored to your company. It has to be tailored to your brand. Yeah, totally. Because there's a lot of people too that ask questions like, hey, this brand sent this. Can't I just do that? I'm like, well, kind of but they've been in business for 10 years now and they have you know millions of customers so they can get away with a lot of things whereas you and i would have to you know tell more stories and build a better relationship and really like kind of knock out all the fundamentals and be creative um so it's like yeah i mean one thing that works for somebody else could also work for you but it's always best to you know be super specific and really think about your niche and the people in it and what they like and what they do and like where they hang out, what they believe in, and just kind of like factor in all those things. And because everybody truly does have a, a really unique audience. Like there's not a ton of people who do what I do, but there are a few out there. And even though, you know, we're similar, there are still little subtle differences that make me, me and make them, them. Right. You can have two people that are in the same business, two publishers, two whatever. Our publisher house will be different from this publishing house because of this reason. You're an email guru. So what you do is different from another one. It's all different. You have to find a one that works for you, like any business that you're hiring someone else to work for you. 
And B, you have to find one that's in the market for what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So that it kind of comes back to like, that's why I called myself the email paramedic because I go ahead and I revive dead lists as opposed to just writing emails. So it's like a lot of other people out there, they're like, hey, I can write great copy. Like, I, you know, here's some samples, here's a, a testimonial, all this, which is great. But then when you compare that to somebody who's like, hey, I can take care of all your emails and make sure people see them and strategize with you to maximize revenue to a business owner, they're like, wow, that sounds really different. So they at least want to say like, okay, let's hop on a call. Let's chat about it. Um, and it's just really, really different. So that's my thing sometimes. Um, and it's awesome if you can be better and different, but if you're new, sometimes it's better to just try and be different at first and then get really good at that. And eventually you can, you know, ideally be the best, but right. being different is huge. Right. You don't want to be the same as everyone else. You want to be different. Dare to be different. Of course. Yeah. So that's the name of the game for me is just like thinking of ways that I can be different than other people thinking of new hooks, angles, ideas, like interesting stories, like curiosity, emotion, and sometimes even contradiction. So um, there's a lot that goes into it. And it's a lot of fun, frankly, it's like the more fun I have, the better my business does. Um, so I try to just be as different and like quirky as possible. Right, because you have to have fun with what you're doing. If you're not having fun, it's a nine to five job that you're going to hate in 10 years. Yeah, and it's like it, at the beginning, sometimes people are like, oh, I really enjoy this, but then it gets a little monotonous. And it's just like being able to, to mix it up and you know do your own thing and just kind of like build the empire from the ground up is really a blessing. So um, if anybody is kind of stuck in, they're like, oh, I don't like this nine to five thing. Like, sure, sometimes it seems a little bit risky to, to go away from that. But at the same time, it's like, hey, you have the opportunity to build something from nothing. And I think that's really fun. Right. Sometimes you have to start at nothing to get everything. Yeah, absolutely. That is true of so many things in life. But we're almost out of time. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much as well. It's a lot of fun. I love talking about writing and just email in general and yeah. uh, talking to other entrepreneurial minded people. Well, exactly, because what you do would help so many people. It's not just helping one person or one niche or one business. It helps a lot of people. Yeah, it's cool because you think about it when you work with a business, you're not just helping the business. It's like you're helping that business have an impact on potentially, you know, thousands more people across the world. But thank you so much. And again, your website that they can find you at is? Emailparamedic.com. And for all our viewers and our listeners, happy listening.